Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, how you doing, man? Uh, how's, how's life of being a new, a new dad again? Tiring. Tiring, 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 tiring. <laughs> it's uh, one, we have maybe uh, two hours in between kind of waking up and sleeping. It just, it, it, life is different when you're sleep deprived, you know? And um, so it's been, uh, it's been an interesting, wonderful experience um, uh, minus sleep. Okay, well, lo- lots of time to listen to podcasts, I suppose. Um, Dave, you and I were talking earlier yes. about a, a portion of your life spent out in Cortez. Cortez Island, Island yes. yes, yes, and that's and our a guests, transition here. Uh, it's a beautiful transition. Yeah, I did. My my uh, my aunt uncle um, built a cabin or I guess a house there years and years ago, and we would boat across. Um, I believe from Campbell River. Um, and this is in the this is in the late seventies or early eighties. Spent many many summers out that way. So, so yeah. I, I haven't been out in a while. So I'm curious to hear kind of what it's like now and and what what causes Joel to be there. So Joel is our guest today on the Bowling Point. Joel, welcome, my friend. You uh, we've got lots to talk about in a very short period of time. So Joel, why don't why don't you introduce yourself? Um, uh, you know, certainly ab- about the chair being renewal of uh, renewable funds, SVN uh, leadership, uh, if you will, and also the new book. But uh, give us your introduction. Joel Solomon. I'm the co-founder and chair of Renewal Funds, which is a mission venture capital firm. We manage 98 million of people's money from Canada to the U.S., a few from Europe and Asia. And we invest in organic food, skincare, and environmental technologies as an early growth stage investor. I'm board chair of Hollyhock, located on Cortez Island and in Vancouver which is a lifelong educational retreat center that is supporting people making the world better, particularly uh, change agents with a variety of types of programming. And I've just uh, released a book called The Clean Money Revolution, Reinventing Power, Purpose, and Capitalism. Incredible, and like that, we could probably speak for an hour about the book. And I, I'd like to give give a lot of uh, a lot of our twenty minutes to the book, actually, Joel. But before we get to that, um, let's let's just talk a little bit about this. Can we ask about Cortez Island first? Oh yeah, 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 yeah for so sure. You, so, so what what have you? Are you is that a pl- is that where you've been? You're from Joel, or a place you? I am found? from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I keep a base <laughs> okay. in Asheville still. I got to Cortez Island in 1980. Okay. Uh, that happened because I'd been diagnosed with a family genetic kidney disease and told that I could die soon. I thought uh, I needed to figure out my life if that was going to happen. And so I set out, I guess you could say, on seek and search. And one thing led to another, and, and I ended up with some good friends on Cortez Island. I came for a visit. I stayed for 37 years uh, in one form or another. But I'm I'm also, I'm I'm actually based primarily, my work is based in Vancouver. So I was transplanted from Tennessee to uh, British Columbia. Wow. I wonder wonder if uh, Joel would know your family. Britt and Emily Ongley, yeah. What's uh, that last name? uh, Ongley, O-N-G-L-E-Y. I 
I don't know. I don't know. I've, I, now, so you're I, just going back for years, many years. I was, I was mostly based in Tennessee, so oh, I, I gotcha. wasn't here full time very long. Yeah. Okay. But it's a be- now. I remember being very, um, you know, uh, raw and, and undeveloped. And I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably changed since then. Well, the population has doubled, which brings us up to about eleven or twelve hundred. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That is. And Joel, so another interesting connection between you and I is. Um, I recently did a TEDx and released it online. Uh, well, TED, TEDx released it online. But right around the same time that I released it, I wanted to put it on the Social Venture Network Facebook site, which I did. And oddly, your TEDx was just released at the exact same time, or at least somebody posted it at the exact same time. So it was really cool. So I, uh, I watched and I loved your TEDx. You told, you told us a story about uh, that uh, family genetic disease that you uh, had, had to go through. Um, and it was, it was very, such an empowering and powerful uh, talk. And it was really cool because it's very similar, uh, similar subject as, as the TEDx that I, that I posted as well. So there's a little kin- kinship there. Well, I'll, I'll send you a link so you can check it out as well. Okay. Um, and, yeah. and you, you know, the, the, key, the part of the story that I told there that's probably important to say is one of the founders of Hollyhock gave me her kidney 10 years ago, and so everything turned out happily. Wow. wow. Okay. Seriously. Okay. Now, that's a story, man. Holy yeah. cow. Oh, well, like, this is like a three-hour podcast. Yeah, I think we, we might have to do a couple of different uh, uh, episodes on this. Well, Joel, let's get let's ready. Just, uh, we'll just do every day. That's, uh, I, I'm, I'm down with that, man. I'm down. Oh, uh, you know what? We probably can because my friend Zav Dubois, who you probably know as well, Zav um, uh, seemed to win, i.e. I. put more money in than everybody else, uh, a few weeks over at Hollyhock, which I believe I'll be joining him at at some point. Um, at one of those famous SVN, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Auctions. <laughs> so, oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, at some, some point we'll, we'll be seeing you for sure. Let's talk well, about- let me know oh, when you're coming. Oh, totally, 100%. Let's talk about the clean money revolution. Like, it's uh, yeah. it, it's uh, it's all in the title. I, like, I get it. A lot of our-, our Audience uh, members are entrepreneurs in the investment world as well. Let's, uh, let's hear all about the book. All right. Well, book's three parts. The first are personal stories that uh, explain how did I get this weird and <laughs> why did I commit to this, to this life. And I did that because I've, I felt I was helped a lot by, by reading people's personal stories. So I wanted to do that. And then I talk about the building of a movement, the emergence of a movement that I was fortunate enough to be at very early, really because of uh, places like SVN, Social Venture Network, where I met people who were crazy enough to believe that entrepreneurs and using business could be a powerful force for good in the world, that money, finance, and business could do that. And so that was, uh, as as you may know, uh, that was looked at as fairly... uh, obscure and not very realistic. However, as it turned out, people like myself that were concerned about our health and were looking at what we were eating, and so out of that comes, uh, that and other reasons, comes an organic food movement and now an industry that's huge. And you go through society and look at all the parts that make up the economy, and today we're getting smart enough, we've got enough information that we know that there's ways to do things better. And the problem is, if we don't do things better, it looks to me like we're in a heap of trouble. Climate, species extinctions, uh, oceans, uh, uh, unfairness of how money's distributed on the planet, mm-hmm. population growth, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is we've got, we've got all the money we need, and these, most of these things can be solved if money's directed the right way. It's just it's an awakening uh, process that's got to happen, and we've got to get smarter, and we've got to reinvent the economy. 
What was your awakening? Well, I mentioned the health crisis, which helps a lot. When you, when you think about your deathbed yeah. and you look back over what you did with your life, that's a great motivator. Second, though, was I did grow up in the 60s. I was coming of age in the 60s, and there were lots of questions going on and a lot more consciousness being raised. We were starting to think about the world more, the Vietnam War, uh, what does it mean to be, what do, what do empires do, what's good about them, what's bad about them, that kind of thing. And so I came up in a period of a lot of questions, and the drive to start to try to answer those questions led me to have a critique of the way that modern capitalism is done. I'm, a, I'm an active capitalist. I'm an investor. I'm involved in all kinds of businesses, and I believe in that. But I do believe I can choose what kinds of businesses, what their values are, what their products are, what they're focused on, what their supply chains are. And you go through the, the, the whole cycle of that, and you find out that there are alternatives. And, and, and well, actually, you know, like, because I'm, as I'm listening, so it's almost, um, it's a different way of investing where the focus is on, you know, what is the values of this company that I'm considering investing on? How do they, you know, treat their supply chains as they help employees? Instead, instead of that blindness of just throwing, throwing money into uh, a mutual well, fund. Well, and, 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 yeah, and looking at, you know, what's the return in the last three years and what can I, you know, what can I expect and how well is it managed? What's your impact on people and places? Yeah. What's the long-term impact? Is it hard to find that, the information? Less and less. Oh, less really? and less hard. How, how, why is that? Why, why is, how, what's causing that? Well, there's the information era explosion, there's consumer demand, and there's pressure on businesses to be more transparent. That's, that's not just for doing good, that's because employees have some power to decide where they work. Secondly, consumers have a lot of power as to what they buy. And third, uh, companies need social license. They need to be welcomed into places where they are going to choose to take advantage of resources and opportunities with labor and, and people and things like that. And so there are growing pressures as we have more information that we're able to make choices. So you, let's just take, for example, in the auto industry. We had some really bad news happen with uh, companies in, in Germany uh, that uh, turned out to be fairly scandalous. Mm -hmm. We uh, are burning fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are incredibly precious. They can do all kinds of magic on the planet burning fossil fuels is not that smart. There's alternatives to that. So there's a renewable energy uh, industry coming up. There's uh, shifts in automobiles. And you go right through every sector of the economy and you are finding reformers or I'm going to do it better, I'm going to do it cleaner, greener, and more fair. And all of these things start to fit together to make a compelling argument that this is the future of the economy. Back to automobiles, Tesla is now worth more than the major automobile companies, depending on the day and what price the stocks are. But Tesla hardly makes any cars. <laughs> Why in the world can it be more valuable than General Motors? Because it's, it's an investment in the future. And some of these things have to come if we're going to survive with what started at... I was born with 3 billion-plus people. There's over 7 billion now. And people that might be listening to this are going to see 10 billion people on the planet. So you, the convergence of all these different factors means that there's entrepreneurial zeal and creativity happening in spades across the, uh, 
across the landscape. So there's more and more opportunities to invest in alignment with what you believe in. And have you been able to uh, kind of sway the investment path, the money path of more traditional investors as they see the successes that you're having? So purely out of a out, out, out of a out of a money making move, are less conscious investors saying, "Geez, I got to jump in on this." Are we there yet? Yeah. Where early early adopters have already been doing the thing, but early majority are jumping on. Yes, um, we're we're still early. There are huge opportunities. Uh, if young people are listening to this. Yes, technology, but look look at the finance industry. It's in it's in need of huge uh, reinvention. But so 30 years ago, it was hard and it was obscure. T- 10 years ago, it was starting to pick up more momentum and get on the map. Now, every major wealth management firm uh, that I know of is starting a division to try to capture the d- the demand here. Younger generation, this. Uh, let's, I like to call it $50 trillion that's going to pass hands in North America over the next three decades. It's passing hands into different values, different experience of how to get exposure to information and things like that. When we launched our fund, which now is 10 years ago, even then that was a bit early, but today there are just the landscape is littered with impact investing, values aligned kinds of uh, funds. The SRI market is, is starting to get smarter and smarter about its screening of the stock market. People are looking at their insurance policies, their banks, and there's a big wave of finance that is moving this direction. Here's an interesting question for you, Joel. There's, you know, Hemmings House, my company, we, we're a B Corp. Um, I've heard some interesting myths uh, or beliefs that some people feel about B Corp who haven't really dove in deeply. One of them being, oh, we don't want to become a B Corp because that's going to that's going to negatively impact our ability to bring investment in. Yeah. Um, I I personally don't believe that at all because the type of you investors either. you'd be bringing in are probably the ones that get what a B Corp is. But are you seeing so for me to talk to respond to, let's say, a high growth potential startup, technology startup, which this actually did happen a few weeks ago when I'm like, you guys should totally certify to become a B Corp because there are investors that are actually looking for you <laughs> out there. Yep. So why don't we talk about that? Like the certification, like a B Corp certification as an example, how can that, uh, you know, find a quicker path to tech companies who are, or any, any startup company really, um, you know, let's, let's bust a myth here. So first uh, we were either the first or second investment fund to become a B Corp. So I'm a, I'm a total believer. Uh, we don't force our portfolio companies in there, but we have about two thirds of the 20 that are B Corps. And we uh, use the B Corp questions as part of our due diligence. And we strongly encourage and we will send staff to help out with the portfolio companies so they can do that. Hmm. It's, it, there's, there's a legitimate argument that anything new gets questioned and anything that causes an extra step. Uh, we still are in the era where you might have some investors that just don't understand it and it scares them. So that's a risk. And I, and I can't make that one go away. I can't argue that one away. But what I can also say is that I know that if we see that somebody's a B Corp, we're prioritizing looking at them. I know that people are shopping amongst themselves on B Corps. And it takes a while to build a uh, labeling like this to where it's, the, the general public knows even what it is. Not that many people know it yet. As they do, it will pick up more prominence, and it will be another trend that, you know, some are the early adopters. Some people have too much struggle because of that, but there's going to be a lot of success, and success breeds 
uh, breeds more success. And uh, are, are these a lot of the topics that we're going to read in the book? They are. Fantastic. Anything else on the book? Like, is there any uh, touring or public speaking or workshopping you're going to be doing with, with this? Because your message is, I mean, it's one that a lot of us uh, have been following for a long time. But for some people, it's a brand yep. new message. So how, how do people, outside of buying the book, how do they engage with, with you and these ideas? And maybe even potentially become uh, somebody to be invested in? Well, I realize I didn't get to the third part of the book, which is the uh, the, the moral and ethical imperative, and the the uh, financial argument is why we need to reinvent the economy, and that it's a huge money making opportunity, because overhauling the built environment is massive job creation and uh, you know transportation systems, energy, all of that. So how do you get involved? Well, I also in the book do a map that's not meant to be here's here's your index to where to go get involved. You might get involved in them, but it's to show that there's a proliferation going on. Uh, I used to believe that I knew every conference, every network that existed in the continent that had to do with this, and it was a small handful. Today, I can't keep up in my city in Vancouver, even Nashville. Pretty much across the landscape, there are people talking about these issues. And if you put any effort into searching for it, you will find it, and the growth is going to continue. Me personally, I, I, I'm a book. I'm a guy. I have a website. Uh, I'm, I'm found under joelsolomon.org now and a newsletter and things like that. And I'm working on putting together. I'd love to see people in study groups in their own uh, communities like book clubs to look at their own money and share with each other how they get it cleaner, so-called cleaner, mm-hmm. you know, how they get it in things they feel better about. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of investment, renewalfunds.com is, is – uh, also easy to find and gives pretty clear instructions. It's not a simple hoop to jump through when you're uh, investing millions of dollars. You're going to be fairly selective about who gets that. But renewal is now only one of dozens and dozens of these kinds of funds. Uh, SVN is only one network of maybe hundreds, I don't know, (laughs) dozens more of these. And there are a lot of places you can go now where it is an advantage that you're doing things in a more thoughtful, long-term uh, higher values kind of way. So there's, there's, the answer is it's, it's hard to even describe it because it's already across the landscape and it's going to keep picking up momentum. Joel, you, earlier you mentioned um, an opportunity emerging in the financial sector. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So you've got some extra money. You want to put it into a retirement account. You want that retirement account to represent what you believe. Yeah. You're concerned about global issues. You're concerned about uh, justice, issues of justice and fairness. Um, you, you, you want to invest your money in companies that are at least less egregious. So it starts with uh, screening and picking best of sector, eliminating worst of sector. And so there's a whole industry that does that. There's people looking at the insurance industry and how to be sure that those products are aligned with your values. And... We know we can do shopping that way. We, if we're high net worth, we're having opportunities like Renewal and, and many other colleagues and many I don't even know about across the world. So that field is developing rapidly. Well, I'm really, really excited to uh, to read the book. Uh, I, I believe one of your uh, um, one of your colleagues who set this interview up was, is going to send one out to us, I think, anyhow. But uh, Dave and I, uh, we, we, we follow this stuff very closely. So thank you for inspiring us and our audience, Stroll. And uh, like I said, I'm really excited to uh, run in, into you again sometime in person. Uh, you're a great inspiration to, to, to chat with. 
Thank you for all that. If you don't get books, you be sure and let me know. Okay. Will do. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. No problem. Really appreciate it. Have a great one out in paradise, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you out there sometime soon because apparently we've got a we've got a week booked, uh, not booked, but available uh, to be booked. So I'm excited to okay, explore well, that. Just remember <laughs> and let me know, and I'll show you some of the uh, secrets of Cortez Island. Oh, I, I, that's all I need to hear. Secrets of Cortez. I'm in. That's great. <laughs> all right, Joel. Have a great one, man. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Take Bye. care. The thing I like about that is he is a seasoned investor and has been around for in in the impact business world for a long time. And he, you can hear in his voice his excitement for the opportunity of what's what's just starting. I like these these social venture network people, they've been doing this since hmm. the 60s. Now they're starting starting to really see the fruits of their of their labor. Well, you know? and, and you know you, you just I mean what I was hearing in his voice is this um this experienced voice saying you're, you know, it's like it's like it's like going back fifty years and someone saying, "It's it's." I know it sounds crazy. It's called Velcro, but it's going to be big. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. Like you're crazy not to invest in. You or, know what I mean? Or I'm like, it's this thing called Boiling Point, and it's a dollar an episode. <laughs> I'm like, invest now. <laughs> Master of segways. He is quite a. He is quite a. Uh, you know what? And in, in his bio it says there's this practical, you know, kind of down home kind of uh, approach, um, but you can tell just very studied. Um, you know, just there's a, there's this confidence in what he's describing, and you know, it just it's I don't know of of, all, of a lot of people we've talked to. He's just and maybe he's a little more objective because he's not uh, he he's representing kind of an investment fund that that believes in it, so he, he has to see returns, um, not not fully embedded in it, meaning a company in it. Well, I guess he is because his investment yeah. firm is. I don't know. There's some, there's some way he's describing it. There's just it, it's a little more objective in the way he's describing. It. I can't explain it, but it's as I'm listening to him, it's it's um it's very helpful. Yeah. No. No. Completely. It's very exciting. Like this this whole thing that's that's happening in our world today, totally. the world of business. Totally. Um. Yeah. I think, really, and I, I just you know yeah. I appreciate you um introducing me to it and the guests or our listeners to it because um he was saying like and it was funny because I I. I I am at a point now where I'm surprised when people don't know what B Corp is. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm explaining it to them. And I'm kind of like, because I'm just assuming everyone knows what it is. Like, well, I, I'm, the, I'm in that bubble too, man. It's like, well, I'm but, like, what? You but I'm not even B Corp. what social impact yeah. in businesses or you, you don't think about your business as a force for good? Like that's, to me, you're outside of a bubble and I'm okay to stay in my bubble in, in this particular topic. <laughs> well, it, it, and yeah, no, I agreed. And it's but uh, but the surprise is that the bubble's not bigger, I guess. And right. then there's people that aren't aware of it. Um, and that's just you know via you, I've been very um, you know I I feel very fortunate to be um, subjected is not the right word, but introduced to it. Well, I'm on a regular basis. going out to these conferences well, and, and, and meeting and these people. Yeah, and I think I've got to start joining you uh, for a variety of reasons. Oh yeah, e- even taking Bowlingport on the road actually, actually would be would be fun. Eh? If, if you start coming to these things with me which well be because we'll have so much yeah coming in to support the that outreach right. verse via so what do you what do you, what do you pa- uh, patreon.com mm-hmm. we're, we're like six <laughs> and weeks then, in Dave. And come then, on and then you and then you search <laughs> the boiling point so, podcast so what dave is trying to say is <laughs> joking, dave. um speaking of investment uh we are welcoming our uh longtime supporters and friends to support to continue supporting the boiling point not only by listening and sharing but if you feel compelled Go to patreon.com and look up The Boiling Point, and you can actually help fund us on an episode-per-episode basis for as low as a dollar an episode. Do you know what? You're very good at that. What what I learned just recently, it was really exposed, 
is like I'm in the coaching world and, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, fairly effective at, at, at helping educate and sell coaching. Um, I would say, you know, quite effective. But when it comes to anything else, I'm just not very, it's just not my thing, right? Like to even describe this. And, and it happened recently when, when a guy came to um, reappraise our house and, and um, a good friend of mine said, well, here, make sure you say this, this, and this. And the guy, and actually after the, the appraiser walked away, Mary Ellen, my wife said, you know, so how did it go? I said, I- I'm glad I'm not in real estate. <laughs> I just, oh, yeah. I didn't do it any justice. You know what I mean? Like, like I was like, yeah, we did that. Uh, yeah, you know, but anyways, it, it was like, no, no, that's a real, that's, I, that's I'm a, learning it myself, man. Oh, it, my it's, it's very difficult to sell myself. So, well, something different. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, so it's just, it's just an interesting, so, but you're doing a great job. So well, th- thanks. And, uh, you know, just uh, another, uh, another habit I want us to get into is to remind people that you are a world-class coach. You're vision coaching, and you've got a bunch of coaches doing amazing things in the world, mm-hmm. helping other leaders uh, be the, the best them they can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Hemming's House is what we're doing in film and, and social impact, helping helping uh, brands who really believe in the power of business for as a, as a force for good, helping them thrive by helping them share the right stories that help uh, build brand trust. And, uh, and I want to invite everybody to... Uh, outside the boiling point, read Dave's uh, leadership article at uh, at uh, <laughs> <laughs> leadershipunleashed.ca. Yeah, and also you can subscribe to my weekly uh, newsletter, which is filled with podcasts, videos, and storytelling tips, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, at greghemmings.me. That's it for now, man. And uh, Dave, keep that what pot boiling. Yeah, I can't believe I'm bringing that back. Oh, yeah, I love good. it. All right, we'll see you next week. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.